Hello, Internet friends. Join us as we jump down the rabbit hole into Wiki Wonderland. Each week, we take an unexpected adventure around the internet to learn about all of the weird, wonderful, unusual, fascinating, historic, and hilarious facts out there and bring them straight back to you on the Go Ask Alice podcast. We guarantee you'll laugh, you'll gasp, you'll learn something totally unexpected each week as we explore the curiouser and curiouser. Listen by searching for Go Ask Alice wherever you get your podcasts, or by going simply to tinyurl.com slash goaskalicepod. See you down the rabbit hole. I hate politics. Uh, I think it's really stupid. I hate the whole political game. it's just really hypocritical you know like every election you pit a group of people against each other within the same party to get nominated they all talk crap about each other they all tear each other down they say just heinous things to and about each other there's ads attack ads all that kind of stuff and then once someone's nominated they all just pretend like none of that ever happened and just like pledge undying support for this candidate all because it's under the same party And if you don't, you know, and if you have some sort of view that differs from what your party platform is, then you risk losing monetary support and and votes from people in your party just because you think something different. It's so stupid. And yet we continue to just kind of have this system. And look, this isn't going to be an episode about political ideologies and all that i'm just gonna talk about how stupid it all is and so if you enjoy politics this episode's probably not for you because it's not going to make you feel good about your hobbies but if you hate politics like me you'll enjoy how i talk about these three moronic stories it's our weird world our weird Welcome to Our Weird World. I'm your host, John Henson, and this week we are looking at some dumb political decisions. And um, look, all right, look, all right, come on. All right, just hear me out here. Uh, Last kind of thing that I'll say about politics. Um, Like politicians, they're just they're they're just like you and me. All right. It's just people, narcissistic people, people who enjoy being worshipped and adored. All right. Which sounds pretty sweet. think about it but they're the ones i mean they choose to run for office and if they're pretty good at it if they're charismatic thank you dog again for interrupting second week in a row um you know charismatic they get a lot of followers people seem to like them they move up they get higher and higher offices it's all just a a narcissistic egotistical world that we all kind of create like honestly most people like we really shouldn't hate politics because we created it like it's our fault politicians are the way they are but you know politicians can come out and talk about how they care about the people they represent oh i'm gonna fight for you no you're not you're gonna get elected you're gonna go away dog seriously and <laughs> they're gonna get to washington or they're gonna get to your state capital whatever and they're going to you know vote and and legislate based on whoever's lobbying them at the time it doesn't matter if the kickbacks and the and the lobbies and the handshake deals they're getting 
completely screw over their constituents. At that point, it becomes a job and they want to keep getting reelected. And their voters don't necessarily have the power to vote them out anymore. It's all about who can, you know, who donates to their super PAC, who can create ads because people like we're all so stupid, dude. Like you can hate a politician, but if a super PAC comes out with an ad that makes them look good or really trashes their opponent, they're going to end up getting elect- reelected anyway. You know, it's so much manipulation and it's unfortunate. And I am but one person. I cannot change the world. Um, and so, you know, it is what it is, I guess. But that's why, I mean, that's why people, that's why Congress people don't want to uh, put term limits on themselves. You know, because once you get up to Washington, it seems like it's a pretty cushy job. You get a pension afterwards, you make good bank, you're, you know, practically immortalized in some way. You know, why, why at that point would you try and care? Eh, you don't, whatever. And like everything you say is just under this microscope. I don't know. It just, there's so many things wrong with it, but there's no real easy way to fix it. And that sucks. So what are we going to do today? We're going to make fun of times where it really sucked. All right. <laughs> We're gonna like, everyone's probably turned this episode off already. I'm sorry. Or if you like really agree with what I'm saying right now, you're probably like, yeah, keep going. I want to vote for you right now. Oh, ow, ow, ow. I just, ow. Oh, I hit my phone and it felt knocked off the table and it hit my foot. That hurt. That's what I get. All right. Uh, we're going to look at the Indiana pie bill, the hippopotamus ranch plan and Byron low tax looper. Let's jump into story time. In 1897, a physician and mathematician named Edward Goodwin believed that he had figured out a way to correctly square a circle, all right? This, of course, is ridiculous for two reasons. Uh, One, you cannot geometrically turn one shape into another shape with numbers. And number two, you cannot perfectly square a circle because that's just not how math works, all right? But the people of Indiana who have long just said screw it when it comes to anything logical uh they were determined to try to officially square a circle all right and if you don't if you're kind of confused right now like go back to you know algebra in like elementary school or whatever you know when you square a number you know two squared is four you're just multiplying that number by itself and then a circle it's traditionally you can't do that because you have a circumference, a diameter, and a radius. And so you cannot, therefore, square a circle because there's no real sides to... Anyway, I, I hated math, but at least I understood that you can't square a circle. But Edward Goodwin, he proposed a bill to state representative Taylor Record, who then introduced it to the state house under the title, A Bill for an Act Introducing a New Mathematical Truth and Offered as a, continue, a Contribution to Education to be Used Only by the State of Indiana, Free of Cost, by Paying Any Royalties, Whatever, on the Same, Provided is it Accepted and Adopted by the Official Action of the Legislature of 1897. That is the whole title of the bill. And there's a lot wrong with it. Other than the fact that it is incredibly long, doesn't really say a whole lot, and but that's politics for you. Um, 
The bill consisted of several of Goodwin's claims, which made math and the properties of a circle even more confusing than they already are. Um, If you take out all of the superfluous jargon that Goodwin used to make himself sound smart, Goodwin's theory on this basically suggested that the number pi, you know, 3.14, should just be rounded up from 3.14 to 3.2, right? And even if that was a thing that you could do to just simply solve a math problem, which it isn't, that's not how you round up numbers. (laughs) You You can't do that. You can't go from 3.14 to 3.2. because Especially because the third number, I do believe, in 3.14 is 3.141. All right? So the rules of rounding, it has to be five or greater if you're going to round up. Anything less than five, you round down. So you have to... According to Goodwin, you would have had to go from 3.14 to 3.1, and that still doesn't work, but Goodwin didn't really care about that, apparently. Um, so, either way, the math just doesn't work out on that. Uh, when Goodwin's bill arrived on the floor of the Indiana House, no one knew what to do with it because it's Indiana. They don't believe in math. They have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, one representative from Bloomington referred it to the finance committee because, hey, there's numbers in finance. Let's see if they know what to do with it. Uh, instead, be, it was sent to the committee on swamplands because that's exactly where you send things like a math bill. What? What is the committee on swamplands going to do about Jesus Christ? Um, the committee on swamplands sent it to the committee on education, probably appropriate, uh, who actually passed the bill and sent it to the Senate. What is going on in Indiana? The committee on education who is responsible for, I got really loud there. I'm looking at my levels. I, I kind of overmodulated a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you had to turn it down, I will do better. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm so angry. Politics. I hate politics so much, but the committee on education looked at this and was like, I mean, does anybody here understand math? Did anybody here actually pass math class? No? No? Reginald? Reginald, you got... Wow, you completed geometry? You got a D in it and they passed you anyway? That's incredible, dude. Man, we didn't even make it past algebra. That's pretty sweet. So what do you think about this bill? Makes sense to you. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. You know, I, I think... I think, you know, the Indiana school system, you know, it's pretty hard on them right now. Um, from from South Bend all the way to Terre Haute, even though geographically those two cities are on the same side of the state. I, I'm bad at geography. I'm in the Committee on Swamplands. What do I know? Um, no, wait, I'm in the Committee on Education. I don't even know what committee I'm in for this bit. That's how stupid I am because I'm from Indiana. And yeah. I hate the state of Indiana. Like, look, here's the thing. I I have an ongoing bit that I've probably never even mentioned on this show about South Carolina. Like, I hate the state of South Carolina. But I genuinely, for some reason, hate the state of Indiana. There's just no, there are no good redeeming qualities about the state of Indiana for me. I've been there once. I drove from Terre Haute to Indianapolis, down to whatever that city is on the other side of the Ohio River across from Louisville. All right? Nothing. Just nothing. They got a bunch of dumb rules. They got a bunch of dumb people. 
It sucks. It is a terrible place to live. All right. This story just solidifies that for me. And this happened back in 1897. So look, I get it. People weren't as smart. We didn't have the technology that we did now. But even if this happened in 1997, it wouldn't surprise me because this is how stupid the state of Indiana is. Anyway, this bill where they were going to try to force feed 3.14 to round up to 3.2 to somehow make it logical to square circle, made it to the Indiana Senate. And when the Senate read the bill, they were equally as confused by all of this, but still actually almost passed it because it makes perfect sense to make a law out of something that no one understands. They were going to make this a law, but it wasn't until Purdue University professor C.A. Waldo spoke to the Senate and reasoned that they had no power to define mathematical truth, probably because he made some argument about how God invented math and you can't change the rules that God invented, even though I don't know how you make that logical jump, but it probably worked because that convinced enough senators to let to table the bill and let it die and thankfully we don't have this stupid rule in our math books thanks to indiana i got so heated (laughs) for no real reason (laughs) i just hate indiana so much i really do um our next story here uh, is an equally dumb story but I, i don't know i like this one a little bit more um In the early 1900s, there was just this massive amount of immigration that resulted in a lot of overpopulated cities on the East Coast. Uh, And with more people comes the demand for more food, which at the time was not being met. Ranchers out West couldn't get meat to the East in time to keep it fresh because it had to be transported by train. Refrigeration was not great at the time. And the East Coast was running out of rangeland for cattle and other protein sources. And both of these issues led to a huge spike in meat prices on the East Coast. And so something needed to change and fast. And two former United States spies had an answer. All right. Hippopotamuses. All right. Hear me out, you guys. These spies had encountered hippos during uh, a trip to Africa. They saw their size and they reasoned that since camels had adapted well to the American desert before the Civil War, uh, the hippos would be a logical import. Side story here. uh, If you remember, I can't remember if I did this story back on the Wild West or not, but like one of the early, early episodes last year. But there was a a camel troop, I guess, in out in Texas and the American West during the Civil War. They had brought camels over from Africa. The camels adapted really well to Texas and the American Southwest, and they were being used quite a bit. They're not used so much now, but camels were totally a thing. Um, no, uh, let me see. Where did I go? Here we go. Uh, Louisiana Congressman Robert Broussard heard about this hippo theory, and he kind of made a, a jump that hippos could solve another problem going on in his state. Uh, so back in 1884, if we rewind a little bit, uh, a visiting Japanese delegation brought hyacinth to New Orleans as a gift for the World's Fair. Uh, the flowers on the hyacinth grew quickly and took over the rivers and the bayous throughout southern Louisiana. And Broussard knew that hippos loved eating hyacinth. And so he introduced H.R. 23261, the Hippo Bill, which called for $250,000 to bring as many hippos as that money could buy and drop them in the bayous to combat the invasive hyacinth. Now, 
here's where it was kind of genius. That bill kind of solved two problems. First, the hippos would clean up the rivers and the swamps, returning them to their original murky and incredibly dangerous glory. And second, the hippos could provide a new sustainable meat source for the United States since they inhabited an area that wasn't exactly cattle friendly to begin with because alligators. Uh, The bill actually got a lot of support around the country, including President Theodore Roosevelt, who likely just enjoyed the idea of going down to Louisiana and going a hippo hunt. Uh, Others supported the idea out of sheer ignorance, mainly because people were unaware of how terrifying and incredibly dangerous the bayous already were, and that adding hippopotamuses, who do not hesitate to maul anything in their paths, would make that way worse. Right, uh, And thanks to the Department of Agriculture, who didn't think the hyacinth overgrowth was that big of a deal and also didn't want Cajuns running from three-ton swamp cows, uh, the hippo bill was actually rejected by one single vote, and it was never really brought back up again. So uh, one vote decide, could have decided a, a huge difference. You know, you could go down to New Orleans going on those like airboat tours you can see you know you could live in a we could live in a world right now where you could do that and not only see alligators but also see hippos in the bayous that is insane and then you then you'll just have like these freaking cajuns like you know <laughs> i don't i'm not going down now gonna go down there to the bayou gonna get some gators gonna get some crawfish and we're gonna get some hippos and we're gonna have us a nice big boy gonna get some hippo steak Go season all up right on nice. Yeah, get down some of that there. Keenan season, get that cow pepper in there. Go throw in there with some corn, some sausage, get some andouille sausage in there. Then we gonna throw in our crawfish. Crawfish gonna celebrate a little bit. And we just go. We gonna heat it up right now. You gonna see that hippo? You gonna go cook it like steak? Go cook it like steak. A little bit gamey, but you get enough seasoning in there. It gonna taste all right. <laughs> oh, I love my Cajun accent. Cajun accent's real good. Ah. Oh. Part of me does want to have like a hippo steak. I bet that's pretty, that's pretty, pretty good. You know, like they stay in water all the time. So it's probably not like, it's probably not like super tough and super gamey. Cause it's not, I don't think hippos are like really active. They just kind of hang out in the water all the time. They're just really strong and they eat a lot of grass. Maybe they eat meat. I don't know what hippos eat you guys. I don't, um, but it's probably pretty tasty. So, I don't know. Maybe one day. Um, our last story of the day is about Byron Looper, who was a Republican politician from Cookville, Tennessee, who was also really passionate about taxes. Um, how passionate was Byron? Well, I'll tell you. Um, in 1996, he legally changed his middle name from Anthony to parentheses low tax like the the parentheses were actually part of his new middle name i he's an idiot um and he did this when he decided to run for the uh seat of tax assessor in putnam county tennessee um i don't i look i still can't get over the fact that the parentheses were part of his middle name i i don't know if he just didn't know how grammar worked or whatever but also like why are you putting this much effort into the tax assessor of a rural county in Tennessee. All right. Like, look, I'm sure you've never been to Cookville. It's like right off I 40, probably like 45 minutes to an hour outside of Nashville. Not a lot going on out there. All right. But this dude was just super into wanting to become tax assessor that he wanted to let everyone know what his intentions were when he became tax assessor, low taxes. All right. And 
Here's the thing, though. During the campaign, Looper refused to make public appearances or participate in any debates. Who's debating the tax assessor in a county election? What is going on in our country where this is a thing? Um, instead, and he did this on purpose because he wanted his reputation and all of the political slandering that he was doing to do all of the work. And somehow it actually did work. Um, Looper won the election, beating out a 14 year incumbent using nothing but negative attack ads that probably weren't even true to begin with. Like that's how, that's why I hate politics right there. You can manipulate so many dumb little dirt foot cretins out there with attack ads because people are too lazy to go do research on themselves. They just want to be spoon fed whatever people want them to think. And they're happy to think that way. Don't be like those people. All right. Be better, please. Thanks. Thank you. Um, so here's, so what did he do now that he's the prestigious tax assessor of Putnam County? Well, Looper sent several press releases to various media outlets throughout the state touting how great he was at his job, despite not actually doing his job. Instead, Looper was taking way more vacation days than he actually had. And he was, and when he was assessing taxes, he was doing it improperly. Um, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation finally decided to look into it in 1998 and indicted him on 14 counts of official misconduct, theft of services, misuse of prop county property and misuse of county employees. Uh, the dog is apparently interested in this story as I cannot get her to leave now. I don't know what she's doing. She's super into low taxes. You guys, um, <laughs> Instead of owning up to the charges, though, Looper claimed that the charges were a political attack tactic by Democrats on the county and state level. Like, how egotistical do you have to be to not only deny that you suck at your job, but then to claim that everyone's just out, everyone's just out to get me? It's all a hoax. It's fake news. I, God, man, I hate this guy so much. Um, Looper then doubled down and decided to run for both the Tennessee House and the Senate at the same time, which I don't know if you can do that or not. I mean, I guess you just can't hold both seats at the same time, but maybe that's the tactic, you know, enter in the race for every single political seat and just see which one you win, you know, just play a lottery. Um, he failed to get the nomination for the House, but he won the Republican nomination for the Senate, mainly because he was the only name on the ballot. And that's how you do it. Um, the victory launched his campaign against 28-year Democratic Senator Tommy Burks. Um, the two had, I mean, this political race, you guys, they had some of the most spectacular debates in political histories. And, and like highlights from these debates have been used in curriculums for political science, law and philosophy classes. Uh, several poignant quotes have been used in various motivational speeches. Uh, Looper's infamous lower taxes, lower strife monologue was an integral part in actually influencing President Trump's 2018 tax reforms. All right, go look it up. I swear to God, all of this is true. No, it's not. None of that's true. <laughs> no, you think he just, no, he didn't. None of that was true. You guys, I hope for a second you did think it was true. Like all of a sudden he just decides to take politics seriously. Like he's never participated in a debate or actually done his job up to that point. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, 
God, I am running for Tennessee state senator now. I guess I'm going to just go full politician and do all that. No. Um, instead, on October 19th, 1998, Tommy Burks, his opponent in that race, uh, was found dead on his farm with his head planted on the steering wheel of his truck and a single bullet wound above his left eye. Uh, it took authorities like probably like all of 30 seconds to figure out that it was likely Looper who had orchestrated the murder. Uh, and he was arrested in Hot Springs, Arkansas, a few days later. Uh, as for the election, uh, due to Tennessee state laws, anyone who died before the election needed to be removed from the ballot. But if the election was to take place within 30 days, the deceased's party could not nominate a replacement. And this left Looper running completely unopposed. Kind of brilliant. Um, Charlotte Burks, uh, Tommy's widow, was actually pushed as a writing candidate by the Democrats. And thanks to a lot of grassroots campaigning in the final days of the election, uh, Burks's widow actually ended up winning with three. This is how many, like, this is how crazy, like, this at least gives me hope for humanity, where it's like, dude organizes the murder of his political opponent. The Democrats nominate his widow. And then the widow ends up winning 30,252 to 1,531. And I, like, I want to know who those 1,500 people were that voted for Looper anyway. Like, I, I mean, sure. Did he murder a Democrat? Yeah. Is that, is that right in the eyes of the Lord? No. But it's better that there's one last Democrat on the planet. Am I right? Am I right, Jimbo? Yes, sir. All right. And look, he likes low taxes. It's in his name. He's probably going to try to help me out. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look past the murder. He's probably not going to murder anybody else. He's just trying to win. I think we'd all do anything we could to win in that situation. All right. No. Anyway. Um, she, uh, Charlotte Burks actually ended up getting reelected three more times before she retired from uh, politics in 2014. But um, Looper's trial was just a mess. He changed attorneys several times and then finally went to trial in 2000. Uh, he was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to life in prison where he died in his prison cell on June 26th, 2013. And that takes us out of today's stories. So there we go. Uh, politics, pretty stupid, but I don't know. I, I got more fired up about these stories than I expected. Like I thought this was going to be a pretty short episode, but I've also gotten really good at going off on tangents and that's, that's what happened here. So, um, hopefully you enjoyed that. I don't know. Uh, let's see instead what we learned today. <laughs> What did we learn? Number one, Indiana is really stupid. Number two, we almost had hippopotamuses in the United States. And honestly, like common sense wise, logically, that would have been a terrible idea. But I don't live in Louisiana, so I don't really care as much. And it also would have just made it more entertaining, I think. But from a from an ethical sort of safety standard would have been a bad idea. But man, I kind of do really wish we had hippos in the bayous right now. That would be really sweet. Um, and number three, look, I'm all for participating 
in your local government, right? That is where you're going to influence the most change, all right? Don't don't worry about what's going on in Washington, D.C. Like, if you really want to change your world, get involved in local politics, all right? Run for a city council, run for some sort of county seat. I cannot stress this enough, all right? Am I doing that? Absolutely not. But I think it's really important. I think, look, if you have the gumption to do it, totally go for it. All right. That's how you're going to make the biggest difference in the world. Um, But look, it's remember that it's a county seat or a local city seat. All right. Don't go all out. Don't change your name and don't murder your opponent. All right. If you can't win an election just from being a good person and putting forth some good ideas, then that's just not meant to be. You, but don't murder them. That's that's really silly. Next week on Our Weird World, it is the return of Serial Killer September. Yay! Serial Killers. Here we go. Uh, next week, <laughs> our first... Uh, week of serial killer september is going to cover the story of gilles de ray uh he was a french killer who worked in the 1400s we are going medieval to start serial killer september and uh it's gonna get pretty dark pretty fast so uh can't wait for that gonna be a lot of fun thanks for listening uh sorry if i offended you or got on your nerves with my political ramblings today actually i'm not sorry you can i mean look we're entitled to our own opinion as long as you recognize i have mine you have yours we can all get along it's fine all right cool we all good we feel better about it good all right thanks for listening tell all your friends keep it weird And they're going to go down to the bayou there. Going to go in there to watch dog on the Chupalupas. Going down there. Ada, you know that Jitsi Roll? Jitsi Roll down there from the Cajun Land and down there in Louisiana. Then she killed her mama. That's right. Jitsi Roll Land. Jitsi Roll Blanchard. She probably didn't like that crawfish. That's why she left. Going on that there to slide there. Going there down to Nolan. Go get some beignets. Yeah, right there. Get that crawfish. Yeah, boy. Yeah, so. In that holy trinity that that garlic, onion, and celery. In that jambalaya, that gumbo, that etouffee. That's what you got to do there. Get you at that big pot. Big old pot there. Make that jambalaya. Get some rice. All right. And then get that trinity there. That garlic, onion, celery. And then you're going to take your crawfish. Get some potatoes. Don't know, get no corn. Corn out there, there for that low country boy. Don't that soccer line. Don't worry about that right there. Then you're going to just put all that in the pot. All right. Get your cayenne pepper. Little red pepper flick. Made all nuts and sisters, bossy. That's how we do it in Louisiana and on that Cajun country, boy. Yes, all. All right. Go get some duck calls. Pretty sweet duck call. That's right. But put all that in the pot. All right. Get some gator tail. Gator tail real nice. Go down there to buy you. Shoot you some gators. Throw that in there. Good old, good old jambalaya in that gator jambalaya. Maybe you're going to get some andouille sausage or you can do some chicken. It's up to you. Maybe do it on shrimp. Who know? But. You get all up there, get that nice roux, get that nice roux all nice in there. That's how you do the etouffee. The etouffee got the roux in it. Then you got the jambalaya and the gumbo. I don't know the difference between the jambalaya and the gumbo. I think, I think the jambalaya is like the gumbo without the gravy, but I don't know. I just make stuff. I make stuff down here in the bayou, and that's what I do.
and that's and that's pretty good. It's pretty good food. I think it is. I think it's nice. Jump that. Get a beignet. Go have a good time. Let's go. <laughs>